Onan Eden is still hazardous. There's no sign of a sterling crash. Oba is the king of North London. Pogba is a virus. And we still got mo problems. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Renegades podcast. Game week 14 was a very, very average one for myself. So I'll have a quick look at how my team did and take a bigger look at the fixtures from an FPL point of view after that. So 47 points, which was two points below the average of 49, had a game week rank of 3.2 million. I now have points of 898 and have dropped around 6,000 places from 7k to in and around 13k. So it wasn't a great week, but it wasn't near as horrific as game week 13. Didn't bounce back as I'd hoped to, but like I said, pretty average. I got off to a, a really bad start when my captain didn't even make the Man City squad. There had been rumours that that would be the case the, the morning of the game and even the day before, that he might be rested or he might be carrying a niggle, and that turned out to be true. But uh, you know yourself, you can't really believe half the stuff that goes up on Twitter if it's not verified or confirmed. So looking at my team, I still thought he was the best uh, captaincy option, so I went with him. My vice-captain came into play and had no luck there either. Uh, Salah was my vice-captain and could have had two or three assists. Do you know, he, he laid Mane on nicely for a couple of chances, put Shakiri through, could have had his own customary goal, but no luck there and not to be it's the story of a season so far, really. Do you know, a lot of unfulfilled potential and people are still wondering, is he worth 13 million? He probably isn't, but... It'd be pretty foolish to get rid of him for this Burnley game, so he'll stay on my team. Didn't really have too many alternatives for the vice-captaincy. I had thought about putting it on Hazard, but he was also a doubt after picking up more injuries, you know, the week before. And there's been talk that he's been carrying a back injury, and with it being home to Fulham, you wouldn't have been shocked if he didn't start or was on the bench. Did th- didn't get rid of him this week, so did think he probably would make it, but... As I thought Aguero was a bit of a risk, I didn't want to take the chance that my captain and my vice-captain wouldn't play. Like That's the, the ultimate nightmare scenario for the week, so played it safe and put it on Salah. I had thought of putting it on Alonso at home to Fulham. thought he had a good chance of a, a clean sheet, and then he obviously has that attacking threat, but decided to go down the safe road. thought Alonso was terrible in that game, by the way. Uh, gave the ball away needlessly had no real impact on the game and was hauled off with 10 to 15 minutes to go, which never really happens. A lot of people are, are saying that it, he was just getting a breather and it means he's definitely going to start in midweek. But I think Sarri probably wasn't happy with his contribution in that game and that's why he was taken off. Unless he, he's, he had a knock or something that we haven't heard about since. Uh, some people are talking about getting him out of their teams, but I think that would be pure madness. Do you know, he is 7 million, which is the most expensive defender in the game but I look at him as a 7 million player you know rather than defender there's nobody in and around that price and even a few million higher that's going to get near to him points wise so he's probably going to stay in my season in my team for the season just something to keep an eye on you know it was a a strange substitution he brought on Zabacosta who's a right back and moved Asby to left back so a strange substitution if he was just looking to freshen things up a bit but he's going nowhere in my team. Like, looking here, he has 35 points in his last five games, three clean sheets, two assists, and people, you know, are saying he's underperforming. If that's underperforming, you know, I'll take that any day of the week. And a few of those games, he could have scored a lot higher. You know, he's hit the woodwork a few times. Just something to keep an eye on, but 
not going anywhere in my team. Now, the only high point of the week was my three defenders all got clean sheets, so that was good. Had Callum Wilson coming off the bench with six points, which was also a positive. But uh, overall, it was a very uh, middle-of-the-road week and nothing to write home about. Okay, so I thought it might be a good idea for me to go through the results of the weekend and just give a little summary. It might be helpful for people who didn't see any of the games or managed to catch match of the day. So starting with Man City and Bournemouth, and I got off to a terrible start there because my only City asset, Aguero, who was my captain, wasn't even in the squad. So I watched that from a damage limitation point of view, but it could have been a lot worse. For the second week in a row, not owning Sterling has uh, damaged my rank and I'll be looking to get him in soon. He just looks really, really dangerous. Um, there's not many players in the game that I'll want in ahead of him. Took his goal really well. Just looked dangerous throughout. Went on a nice mazy run before the goal where he bet two or three players, four players even, and his shot was deflected onto the post. So he's on my uh, my list of players to get in. Now, I don't think I'm going to do it midweek because... I have a feeling maybe it's more a hope that he'll get a bit of a rest against Watford and will be brought back in against Chelsea. I'll be praying for that to happen and like I said it might be more in hope than anything else but there's an inkling there and it's enough for me not to get him in just yet. Uh, Sané again looked really impressive. He's just so electric you know not many people can match his pace with or without the ball. He's just looking really dangerous. Had an assist. Could have been given another assist for the first goal. I won't get into that. Um, I'd go as far as saying he would be essential if we could guarantee that he would, you know, play more often than not. But that's the the kicker, really. You know, that's why we don't all have him in our teams. Bernardo Silva scored again, back from injury and started the game. At his price, I think he's a very good city option. Gets more than his fair share of minutes and has started the majority of the games. Uh. Has scored a few. Was obviously very creative, and do you know he's one I'm going to be looking at. He was a thing at the start of the season, but not many people seem to be talking about him recently. With uh, the emergence of Sterling and Sane, Gundogan got another goal. I think that's two and three now. Uh, he's a a budget city option, and with him, you know he's going to be rotated. But at the price, he might w- be worth just having in your squad. Do you know? Has more of an eye for goal than the likes of uh, Fernandinho, who you'd never get in. He'd be on some set pieces. And, you know, if you're happy enough knowing that he is, isn't going to start every game, he's someone to look at. From a Bournemouth point of view, Callum Wilson scored again. Jumped, scored a lovely header. Was on my bench, but came off, so managed to get the points. So happy days. I had thought about getting rid of him a couple of weeks ago just because his fixtures were turning. But, you know, he's scored against both Manchester clubs. He's still pretty cheap and he's had a great season so far. So I think I have uh, bigger problems to address and we'll we'll keep him in. Southampton and United was another tough watch as a United fan. Just no sign of any spark from Manu and, you know, no evidence that they're going to turn a corner. Uh, they did well to come back from 2-0 down, but in no world should they be 2-0 down against a Southampton team who have more than their own fair share of problems in their own right you know Mark Hughes has since been sacked but you know, they're struggling to score goals they're really leaky at the back and you know they cut United open the, at the start of that game Armstrong had a nice finish Cedric scored a nice free kick but no lads I'd be looking to, to get in from their team till I see what manager they get in and you know how they do in the next few weeks uh, 
on the flip side to that, there's no United players that I want either, you know. Uh, Rashford did well for the two goals. Lukaku took his goal well. Martial didn't start. But, like, there's just no one there that I have any confidence in. So none of them will be coming into my team. From a football point of view, not necessarily FPL. I thought Lamina was really, really good. And I couldn't help but think he's the kind of player you'd want Pogba to be, you know. He's fairly big, strong, he's quick. He knows what he's doing in that midfield position. Doesn't really do anything stupid. And he does have a fair bit of skill to him, you know. But he uses it in the right areas. There was a few times where he took on players and, you know, looked really, really impressive. Came from Juventus, so does have a good pedigree to him. But if you could put his head on Pogba's shoulders, we'd have some player. Because, you know, Pogba is a bit of a, a bird brain for all the ability that he has. Moving on to Newcastle and West Ham, and it was 3-0 West Ham, so it looks pretty comfortable on paper, but Newcastle had their fair share of chances and could have scored a couple of goals themselves. Chicharito got two goals and a start, so I think that's going to somewhat dent Arnie's appeal. You know, if Chich is starting up front, doesn't mean Arnie will be moved to the wing, but if they are only playing one up front, he, he could well be. Uh, Felipe Anderson was really impressive again. Uh has been really good in patches, but wasn't fully sure whether he was the real deal. Had seen a bit of him at Lazio and he was good, you know, but he's starting to look like a real player. Four goals in four games, just was dangerous throughout and I've actually brought him in. You know, at his price, I thought it was time just to get rid of Martial after just two games and I've brought in uh, Felipe. But like I said, the main thing I've taken out of that game is maybe I don't need Arnautovic. was mad to get him in a few games ago, just looking at the fixtures, but... Just that knee injury uh, stalled me a little bit. And if we do have competition up front, you know, if Hernandez is, does find a little bit of form, I don't think he's going to start most games. But, you know, even if he offers an alternative to Arnie up there for some games, that's obviously going to dent his appeal. Uh, moving on to Palace and Burnley. And Palace just bossed that game. They're really, really dominant. I've no idea what's after happening to Burnley, you know. Really... Uh, poor just in all areas they are toothless going forward but it's that defense that defense that they built all of last season on you know we were all looking at double ups with Burnley people bringing in me Tarkowski Ward lads had Pope and goals Heaton before that and you know they were just great players to own last season but I've no idea what's gone wrong they're just uh, leaking goals you know giving up some amount of chances when you check the the stats, the defensive stats, they're just giving up more chances, more big chances than anyone else. And you'd really fear for them against Liverpool. So we don't have any Burnley players and we don't want any Burnley players. From a Palace point of view, Zaha looked really impressive and he'd be someone I'd be keeping my eye on. Had five or six shots, hit the bar, could have had two or three goals on another day, but just looked really, really dangerous. Looks like a nightmare to, to try and play against in the box, you know. Just all the step overs and drag backs and cuts in, gets shots off and you just can't touch him. You know, he does it at such speed that if you go near him, you know, there's a good chance that it's gonna be a penalty. So he'd be someone I'd be keeping my eye on. One for the watch list. Andros Townsend scored a screamer and, you know, does have a decent FPL pedigree going back a few seasons, but just so inconsistent that I'd wait a little while to see whether he's worth getting in. But he's at a good price and, you know, it was a lovely strike. Uh, looking at Huddersfield and Brighton and on paper that's a, a pretty boring game 
Huddersfield were kind of unlucky. They went 1-0 up and were in good shape. And then Mounier got a red card. Bit of a harsh red card for me. You know, he was high, but there was absolutely no force behind it. And I don't think he endangered his opponent. Can see why it was a red card, but a bit of common sense wouldn't go amiss there, you know. I don't think he should have been sent off. After that, it was tough for Huddersfield. I did a thing last the last couple of weeks where I looked at the Huddersfield team just for over Christmas and I still think that their goalie or even one of their defenders might be an option. You know, they're all 4.4, 4.3 million and they had a few beatings at the start of the season but since then they seem to be a lot more organised and nobody really hammers them anymore and they're quite solid at home. So I might have a, a look at them just as squad players. Uh, Brighton, Sully March had two lovely assists uh, he's about 5 million and mightn't be a bad lad to take a look at had two peaches of crosses you know, really really nice crosses that were headed in and with the likes of Duffy, Duncan Murray in that team Joey does have people to feed speaking of Duffy and Dunk can't help but think that maybe I should just get one of them in for the season and keep them do you know, they're in and around four and a half million. Brighton have their moments at the back. Do you know, at home, they can be solid. They keep some clean sheets. I wouldn't have too much faith in it, but like they do have the potential to keep a clean sheet. But it's just the other end. Like They both look so dangerous. Do you know, They're on the end of so many set pieces. And even though they both have a couple of goals already, you can see them both getting another couple. And do you know, it's massive when your budget defenders have that in their locker. Leicester and Wofford... Leicester won 2-0. From a Watford point of view, the only thing I really took out was that success started. So for all the people that brought him in at 4.6 million, you know, if you know he's going to get some minutes, he's worth having. I was just kind of afraid that when Deeney and Andre Gray came back that he mightn't start another game. But you know, he started this one and if he plays, you know, if you know he's going to get a few minutes here and there, he's worth having in your squad. Even though to me, he looks like a terrible footballer, but... 4.6 million. He's not a bad choice as your your third striker. Fardy got a penalty and Madison rewarded those that kept faith in him. Do you know, it's been hard on Madison the last few weeks. Don't have him myself, but you know, he had a, a nice easy fixture a few weeks ago that he turned out to be injured for and then he got a red card last week. So, you know, took his goal really well. It was really, really quality. Reminded me a bit of uh, Letitia back in the day, do you know. Lovely first touch. Teed it up for himself and just slotted it in. Really nice goal. High praise, but that's what it reminded me of. Uh, the last game to look at there, and it was on Friday, not Saturday, is Cardiff against Wolves. Seen a good bit of that. Cardiff were the better team. Uh, Wolves again, flattering to deceive. Got off to a flyer, you know. The the FPL world would have been celebrating in their droves when Doherty got a goal with and Jimenez with the assist, but... Managed to throw it away again. I said it last week, but still not going to get rid of my uh, Wolves defensive assets. At the price, there's no one really better. Do you know, Doherty scored a goal. His attacking threat is just, it's too good to even think of getting rid of him at that price. For my own sake, I have Patricio, so I do hope that they can sort out the defensive side because you do need the potential of clean sheets. Do you know, it, it's great having the attacking side there but you need needs to be a bit of a double-edged sword and you need both really and the last few games they don't look like they can buy a clean sheet so 
tough one coming up with Chelsea, but won't be relying on a clean sheet there. So you don't mind that as much. But the likes of the Cardiff and Huddersfield games where we had such hope, it's it's just really disappointing. The Cardiff equaliser was a joke. You know, it was just an absolute up and under of a, a ball in and they managed to score. Not a lot you could do about the Hoylet goal, which it was some strikes it was. So, yeah, Wolves again disappoint. When I come back, I'll have a look at Derby Day, all the games that were on Sunday. So I had high hopes for Sunday. Uh, My Saturday was a bit hit and miss, but with people like Robertson, Salah, Hazard, Alonso and Richarlison to play on Sunday, I thought I might make up some ground, but it wasn't to be especially with Salah coming in as my vice-captain. So Chelsea bet Fulham 2-0, uh, Pedro and Loftus-Cheek with the goals. Alonso got a clean sheet, but the the story of the game really was Hazard for me. Uh, I had thought about getting rid of him for Sterling during the week, but just couldn't for that particular fixture. So he got a late assist, which helped decrease some of the heartbreak, because, you know, as you know, Sterling scored, and I probably would have captained him, so that would have been a big swing. Still lost out, but wasn't a complete mess. Uh, Going forwards, I don't think it's enough to justify keeping him in my team. Uh, He'll stay there for the Wolves game, and unless he goes mad, you know, he's going to be out sooner rather than later. Even if he does go mad, we all know, you know, he could just go back to his old self and just start trolling people, you know. Just revert to type and get a brace against Wolves, score maybe against Man City, and then just go on a long run of blanks, so... I don't think he's someone I'm going to keep in my team. As much as I like him as a player, he's great to watch, but just from a fancy football point of view and from a budget perspective, he's just too frustrating. So the game of the week would have been Arsenal against Spurs. That was a cracking game of football. Uh, for those that were impressed with Spurs against Chelsea and brought in their the same players from that game, they would have been rewarded. Uh, the three lads that were involved in those Chelsea goals were all involved again. So Eriksen got an assist. Uh, Son got an assist and Kane got his penalty. But uh, there was one man that stood out and that would have been Aubameyang who single-handedly looked like he's just trying to rip up any future templates. So all of us that had planned on getting in Kane for this Southampton game had a bit of a decision to make, you know. It's all over Twitter now. Do you know, who do you get in? Kane or Aubameyang? Now I'm going to stick with the, the original plan and keep Kane, but I couldn't really put you off over. Do you know, at one and a half million cheaper, he took a penalty... He's so clinical, you know, there's some crazy stats going around about, you know, how they were his eighth or ninth shots on target that had all resulted in goals and the last keeper to save one of his shots on target was Fabianski back in August. Like crazy conversion rate that he surely can't keep up but is a clinical player and unlike Kane, he probably doesn't take as many pot shots or just shoot on sight so you don't really have to worry about it as much but like I said, I don't think he can sustain that. And then there is the threat of Lacazette was on the bench. So if he plays both of them, Aubameyang seems to be the one that that makes way and goes onto the wing. And even though he does get goals from there, it'll surely just dent his attacking appeal a little bit. But look, he's the highest scoring forward in the game. He's 10 goals. Like I said, he's so clinical. And the way Arsenal are playing, couldn't really put you off him. I've gone for Kane just because you know exactly what you're going to get. You know he's going to play nearly every minute. He's on penalties. He shoots on sight. He's going to get goals over Christmas. You know, they have really good fixtures. And 
even though he's a little bit extra I thought he's a safer pick uh, on to the Merseyside derby and fantasy football wise not a lot really happened there uh, for those with Liverpool defenders and who doubled up on them it was a good day uh, Salah and Mane both blanked don't think many people own Firmino at this stage I'd be shocked if anyone owns Origi so that goal is <laughs> it was one of the most fortuitous goals I've ever seen but don't think it had any big impact from a fantasy football point of view uh, Van Dijk got an assist and it was probably the one of the craziest assists I've ever seen you know the biggest swipe at a ball you'll ever see and ended up in an assist so from an Everton point of view look they're looking quite solid you know like you might be able to trust their assists their their defence now uh, clean sheet against Chelsea clean sheet against Cardiff they were a lick of paint away from keeping a clean sheet against Liverpool here so they have Man City coming up but just in general they're looking like we could happily invest in their defence Richarlison looks like the kind of guy you need to play in just the home games or just the the easier games doesn't really do anything and then we'll get you a brace against the likes of Southampton or someone so if I can find someone to rotate him with it might be a bad idea because he is there are just so many ups and downs with him uh saying earlier Salah came in as my vice captain could have had a few assists could have had a goal story of the season you know uh, you can't really uh, fault his consistency and if you look at his goals and assists and underlying stats he's he's not doing too badly but at 13 million I don't think he's worth it and after the Burnley game he could be my way into Sterling uh, I think it'd be crazy to take him out for the Burnley game but after that I think that's my plan going forwards so that wraps up all of the games uh, just a quick summary of how they went from an FPL point of view and how that affected my team Game week 15 is where we start the fight back after back-to-back red arrows. Uh, since I started this podcast, I've gone from 4,000th in the world down to 13k. Not a good omen. Uh, this could be the last one. If we get a third successive arrow, might just hit it on the head. It's not worth it. So we're lining up in a 4-4-2. Patricio and goals. Home to Chelsea. Not an ideal fixture. But... I'm rocking one four and a half million goalie this season and nothing else, so I've no choice. I've Robertson away to Burnley, Alonso away to Wolves, Balbuena home to Cardiff, and Dina home to Newcastle. So I've high hopes for the defence. Lots of clean sheet potential there and a bit of attacking threat thrown in. Then in the midfield we've Richarlison home to Newcastle, Salah away to Burnley, Hazard away to Wolves, and Felipe Anderson home to Cardiff. Then up top we've got Callum Wilson home to Huddersfield and Kane is coming in for the Southampton fixture so on paper it looks like we have a good chance of getting a a green arrow we have the fixtures we have the personnel just need a little bit of luck so transfer wise I have gone and got rid of Aguero and brought in Kane that was the plan for the last few weeks and the fact that Aguero didn't feature at the weekend made that a little bit easier had he played against Bournemouth and you know scored a few might have had a, a bigger decision on my hands but happy to move him on now and then we got rid of Martial for Felipe Anderson really haven't wanted Martial in my team you know brought him in as a bit of a punt it wasn't even a punt like he was a bandwagon loads of people brought him in but 
taught with the fixtures, you know, had him for Crystal Palace at home and then Southampton away, thought he might do something. Didn't even start the last game, so happy to move him on now for Anderson, who is 0.6 cheaper, has the form, has the fixtures. That was a, a no-brainer for me. Looking at captain options, and in between two, brought in Kane because he's a solid captaincy option. Home to Southampton. Doesn't really get any better. But Salah away to Burnley is kind of catching my eye at the minute. It's not even Salah, it's more Burnley. As I said, they just look terrible defensively, giving up so many chances. Uh, Salah kind of needs a, a few chances these days, but you know Burnley are going to give him them. Came off with a few minutes to spare against Everton and hoping that you know he gets the start here and is a worthy captain. Now my only worry there is rotation. Uh, they play Bournemouth away after that, which which could be a tricky fixture and Klopp has the the bodies there to to make changes and not really weaken the team too much. You know, you think he could bring in a few lads for the, the Burnley game and still get the results. So that's my only concern there and is why I might favour Kane. Who knows? I haven't made a decision yet. I'll do that tomorrow, but it's it's definitely between the two of them. Now, my big concern for the whole week is that I've no City players for the first time in the season. So during the season, I've owned between one and three City players. I've had Mendy, Silva and Aguero. Always at least one, sometimes three. So this will be the first time that I actually have none. So I'll be watching that City Watford match from behind the couch and just again hoping for damage limitation. You never know, you know, he could rest Sterling. Aguero mightn't be quite right. So I could get away with it. And then on the other hand, it'll be quite nice looking at the City lineup and not worrying whether my guys are in it. So it's it's gonna be an interesting experiment for one week anyway and hopefully I don't get too punished. And maybe maybe Pep is listening to this who's to say he's not one of my four listeners so if you are why risk Aguero and uh, Sterling needs a rest you know Chelsea is a bigger game give Mares a shot the other fixture that stands out is United and Arsenal and I would worry for United again here I was worried about them against Southampton so what will Arsenal do to them it doesn't always work out like that and they did put in a, a hell of an effort against Spurs so you never know they mightn't be able to bounce back so quickly for another big game. But on all known form, you would be worried about what the Arsenal team could do to United. Uh, the days of Jose just shutting down teams is seems to be gone this season. The The defence has been shocking. Uh, other fixtures there are all kind of pretty meddling, so I won't really focus on too many of them. On to our Renegade Captain's poll and like every other week we're looking for that less popular captain who might bang. So last week Wilf Zaha won with 60% of your votes. The headline stat here is that he blanked but looking at the game he was pretty unlucky. He had 5 or 6 shots, he hit the bar, he looked really really dangerous. So while we got no points there he wasn't a terrible pick in my opinion. Anyway, on to this week, and we have a, a stellar cast of names for you to pick from. I've gone for Callum Wilson, home to Huddersfield. Willie's gone for Sigurdsson, home to Newcastle. And Kirks has gone for Son, home to Southampton. 
So that's probably the best trio of picks I think we've had since we started this poll. So be interesting to see who comes out on top there. Uh, I think they are a little bit better than usual because some of the elite names have really good fixtures. So we have Kane to Southampton, Salah to Burnley, Sterling, maybe Aguero if he's back playing Watford. So, you know, while these are relatively big names on paper that we have in the poll, they're still not really going to be popular picks this week. So interesting to see who wins that poll and whether we can actually get some points out of them. Well, it was bound to happen sometime, but that doesn't make it any easier. We lost our first head-to-head match this week. Uh, we're 5 out of 5, now 5 out of 6. So congratulations to at KingArthur23, who becomes the first person to take down the Renegade squad. 56-52, so it was pretty close. And, you know, we could probably pick out a few hard luck stories like everyone does every week. Um, you know... His captain Hazard got a late assist. We had six points with Balbuena on the bench. Could probably go on and on, but look, deserved win. Need to move on. Pick a good squad this week and uh, hope to get back to winning ways. So again, congrats to at King Arthur. He becomes the first person to beat us and that means there will be a prize. Whoever beats us by the most points at the end of the season will win a 50 euro Amazon voucher and a Renegades mug. So he's in pole position now, but with just a four point win, you know, there's plenty of scope for someone else to come along and, and do better. We're going to sit down now today or maybe early tomorrow and pick our Renegade squad for game week 15. So if you fancy your chances and you know, think you can do better than Mr. At King Arthur, Keep an eye out and feel free to put your name in the hat to play the Renegade squad for game week 15. And that is a wrap. So that brings us to the end of episode two of the Renegades podcast. If you enjoyed this, please do check us out on Twitter. It's FPL Renegades and it's at Renegades FPL. So it is backwards, kind of like ourselves. Uh, Please do feel free to give some feedback. Give us a retweet, share it around. Help us get the podcast up and off the ground. The plan is to have one of these for every game week. So it's going to be quite tough. We don't have any time to catch our breath between weeks 14 and 16. But I kind of I like it like that. Uh, gives people more decisions to make. More chance of pe- people making mistakes. You know, harder to get everything right. And it's good for the game really. So hoping to have another voice for the next podcast. Willie should be coming in to give his opinion on all things week 15 and 16 so it'll be nice to have another voice you know another opinion and not have to listen to myself blabbering on so we'll leave it at that thanks for listening best of luck for the next game week and we will chat to you soon thank you